The Rebbe's Seder, a roundtable discussion. After arriving in America in Tavshanalev, the Rebbe spent all of the yumptive meals with his father-in-law, the Friedrich Rebbe, alongside a table full of Eltrach Siddim. During these meals, the Friedrich Rebbe would forbring with the crowd, while the younger Chassidim and Bachram would jostle around the table, trying to catch a glimpse of the Friedrich Rebbe and to hear his sikhs and conversations. While the Friedrich Rebbe's Farbrengens were less formal than the Rebbe's Farbrengens, and it was common for Chassidim to pose questions and inquiries to the Friedrich Rebbe in between the sikhs, the Rebbe would nevertheless sit with extreme bittle and deference. Chassidim took note of the fact that the Rebbe barely said a word, and in fact almost never moved, when sitting in the presence of the Friedrich Rebbe. After the Friedrich Rebbe's Histalkos, the tradition of these yomtiv meals continued. The Friedrich Rebbe's place remained empty, and the Rebbe would sit in the same place he sat during the Friedrich Rebbe's lifetime. Just as before, the Rebbe would sit throughout these meals quietly, with an intense hadras kavod, as if he was sitting before the Friedrich Rebbe. However, at points throughout these meals, the Alter Echsidim would take the opportunity to ask the Rebbe various questions generally relating to halacha and minhag. Very often, the Rashag would pose questions that Bachram had requested of him to ask the Rebbe. The door would be open, and dozens of Bachram and Yungalite would crowd into the medium-sized dining room to watch the Rebbe's anhaga and hear the Rebbe's words. This tradition took on a whole new life when Pesach came around. In addition to being able to hear the Rebbe answer various questions, any chassid present at the Seder merited to watch the Rebbe go through the entire avayda of the Seder. Being that the Seder night is filled with intricate minhagim and customs, Hasidim watched carefully and often, and after Yamtif they wrote down the anhagas they saw. Although watching the entire Seder was something special, the second half of the Seder was even more extraordinary. To watch the Rebbe recite Halal with Dvekos, reciting it softly in a stirring and heartfelt tune, was one of the highlights of the year for those fortunate enough to witness it. Although this would take place late at night, after going through the often tiring and lengthy Seder, no chassid was too fatigued to be there at this heavenly experience. The Rambam writes in Hilchas Deis that a Talmud Chacham is set apart not only in his wisdom, but also in the way he goes about his daily needs and functions, eating, sleeping, etc. If that is the case by an ordinary Talmud Chacham, all the more so in regards to the Nasi Adar, we can learn lessons not only from his Torah, but also by everything we see him do. The Seder night being filled with so much was a most opportune time for Chassidim to learn from the Rebbe's Anhagais. These storm in the presence of Chassidim took place until Tafshin Lamed. Afterwards, the Rebbe began to conduct the Seder at home, together with the Rebbetzin, and after Chafbe Shvat, the Rebbe held it in his room at 770 with no one else present. For this article, documenting stories and Anhagais of the Rebbe on those uplifting nights, we were privileged to interview five chassidim who had the opportunity to partake in the Rebbe Seder for numerous years. Rabbi Meir Harlig, Rabbi Yisrael Shmatkin, Rabbi Shlem Azarchi, Rabbi Baruch Wilhelm, and Rabbi Yosef Yitzchak Offen. We thank them for their time and patience, sharing these precious memories for the benefit of our readership. We are very grateful that you joined us for this unique interview with the chassidish Adar about the Rebbe Seder. We understand that you were all present in different years, can you please tell us which years you merited to attend? Was everyone always allowed into the room during the Seder? Rabbi Wilhelm Let's begin with a little background. On Erev Pesach, the Rebbe would distribute matzahs to all the chassidim. 
a custom that continued until Tavshin Lamed Chas. The matzahs only came from the bakery a while after Chatzais. Because of the long lines and Erev Pesach being a busy day, it often happened that not everyone was able to receive matzah before Yom Tif. Therefore, after Marev, a line would again form by the Rebbe's room, and the Rebbe would spend some additional time completing the distribution. After the Chalukah was finished, the Rebbe would leave 770 and head towards the Yeshiva dining room, where he would visit the Seder of the Bachram. The Bachram would prepare their kairos before the Rebbe came, and then stand respectfully by their places, anticipating the Rebbe's arrival. As soon as the Rebbe would leave the Bachram Seder, after saying a short bracha or a sicha, the race was on. We would immediately make Kedesh, begin our Seder, and attempt to finish it as quickly as we could, in order to be present by as much of the Rebbe's Seder as possible. Our Shulchan Ayrach usually consisted of the egg on the Kaira and nothing more. Once we completed Shulchan Ayrach, we would run to 770, where we would often arrive early at the Rebbe's Seder, and possibly even before the Rebbe entered. Rabbi Shmatkin. I was zeichet to be present at all of the Rebbe's Darim from Tavshin Chafbez until my marriage in Tavshin Chafchas, aside for Tavshin Gimel when I was away. The first year that I came to 770 from Eretz Yisrael in Tavshin Chafbez, I was asked by one of the Misham Shem Kaidash if I would be willing to check the lettuce for the Seder. Of course I agreed, and in that merit I was allowed in from the very beginning of the Seder. That is what happened every year. I would check the lettuce, and I would be allowed inside at the beginning of the Seder, even before the Rebbe would come in. Rabbi Zarchi Just before Shavuot's Tavshin Chafbez, the Rebbe said in a sicha that people will no longer be allowed to come in to the Yom Tif Sodais. The Rebbe said that people are wasting their time looking at Pliny Ben Pliny to see what he eats and how he moves, wasting the precious time of Yom Tif. When Pesach Tavshin Chafgimel came around, people assumed that the new policy would apply to the Pesach Storm as well, and no one would be allowed to enter. However, when the Rebbe was asked about this just before Pesach, he replied, Well, Shmurim is Andersh, that the eve of the Seder is different and everyone will be allowed in. Rabbi Afen In Tavshin Chavtas, there was a lot of pushing at the Seder. In those years, the Kvotzebacher from Eretz Yisrael would arrive before Pesach and leave after the following Pesach, unlike today that they stay from Tishrei through the following Tishrei, and therefore, many Bachram were present at the Seder. The pushing was so strong that a full bottle of wine spilled across the table and a leg of one of the chairs broke. After the Seder, we were notified that we will not be allowed in for the second night. The only Bachrim that were allowed in were the Kvotza that was returning to Eretz after Pesach and the Shulchan that had just returned from two years of Shulchos in Australia. During the Fabrengen that took place on the second night of Pesach after the Seder, the Rebbe spoke about the story in the Haggadah in which the students came to remind Rabbi Akiva and his colleagues that the time for Kriyashma had arrived. Where were they during the Seder? the Rebbe asked. Why weren't they present at the Seder of their teachers? The Rebbe noted that he had always wondered why the Friedrich Rebbe had not allowed Bachram and Yungalite to come and watch his Seder, as they used to do during other Yom Tov meals. But what we do see clearly from the Haggadah is that the Talmidim were not allowed into the Seder of their teachers. The next year it was again announced that we will not be allowed to enter. A small group of Bachrim, myself included, decided that we will nevertheless stand next to the door and perhaps as a group we will be permitted entry. To our excitement, we were allowed in, and before we knew it, a large group of Bachrim found out about it, and they too gathered at the entrance of the apartment, knocking on the door, but to no avail.
Later, when the doors were opened for Shvecha Mascha, the Rebbe motioned that everyone should be allowed inside, and the entire group was able to enter. The next day, someone had an idea. He asked the Rashag to request the Rebbe's permission that the Rakanim of the Yeshiva be allowed to enter. He did so, and the Rebbe agreed. Being that I was one of the Kanim in Chassidus, I was able to watch the second Seder as well. That night too, when it came time for Shvecha Mascha, the Rebbe motioned that everyone at the door should be allowed to enter. What were the seating arrangements, and where would the Rebbe sit? Rabbi Wilhelm The Rebbe would sit in the same place that he had sat during the lifetime of the Friedrich Rebbe, to the Friedrich Rebbe's left. Seated next to the Rebbe was Reb Shmuel Levitin, then Reb Zalman Teibel, and after him Reb Itzhak Chorgin. On the other side was usually the Rashag, then Reb Yankel Katz, and next to him sat his son. After them sat the Misham Shebakaydash. The Rebbe insisted that they be given places at the table, and he would not start the Seder without them. When the Seder began, there were usually only about 15 people standing around the table, and as it would progress, many more people would come in, and the room would become tightly packed. The first few times I was present, I stood in the area behind the Rebbe, where I was able to hear everything, but I could not see the Rebbe's face. Therefore, I decided to change my spot to stand just on the right of the Friedrich Rebbe's chair so I would be facing the Rebbe. As Rabbi often mentioned, in Tafshin Chavtes, there was a tremendous amount of pushing and shoving. At one point, it got so bad that I put my hand on the table right by the Friedrich Rebbe's place so that I wouldn't fall. The moment I did so, the Rebbe looked up at me with a piercing look. I did not know what to do with myself at that moment. Rabbi Zarchi It was amazing to see how the Rebbe sat at the table with such a bittel, as if the Friedrich Rebbe was there. We also noticed that from time to time he would look up at the Friedrich Rebbe's place. Rabbi Harlig Even after the histalkus of the Friedrich Rebbe, they would set up at his place, at the head of the table, a silver tray with three matzahs on it. Rabbi Offen The mockery of the Haggadah the one that would read out loud was Rebienko Katz from Chicago, who enjoyed a very close relationship with the Friedrich Rebbe and who the Rebbe was strongly Makarev. He was a Pashita Yid and a big Baltzdaka. He would come to the Rebbe every year for Pesach and his son would recite the Manashtana. When would the Rebbe arrive to the Seder? Rabbi Shmatkin. As Rabbi Wilhelm mentioned before, on the first night, after spending some time in his room, the Rebbe visited the Seder of the Bachrim. There were times that the Rebbe arrived at his own Seder more than two hours after Mayrev. Rabbi Harlig After Mayrev, the people having the Seder with the Rebbe would enter the Rebbe's room to receive matzahs. The Rebbe would not actually hand them their matzahs. They would come into the room and the Rebbe would direct them about to the box of matzahs and signal to them to choose for themselves. While they were choosing for themselves, the Rebbe would spend a long time choosing which matzahs he will use for the Seder, picking up matzahs and putting them down, checking and inspecting them meticulously before deciding which three would go onto his Seder plate. Rabbi Wilhelm The Rebbe would come into the Seder holding a bottle of wine, the Haggadah, and the Siddur HaArizal. Behind him was Reb Schoenberg Gonsberg holding the Rebbe's matzahs. Rabbi Harlig On Pesach, the Rebbe would use a larger becher than usual. This was given to the Rebbe in Tafshin Yud, along with a silver plate for under the matzahs. The Rebbe instructed that they be titled, even though they were manufactured by Yidin. 
How did the Rebbe set up the Kaira? Rabbi Shmatkin. The Rebbe would set up the Kaira while standing, and he would recite all of the instructions from the Haggadah before doing each part. When the Rebbe would recite the first words of the Alter Rebbe's instructions, Yisader al-Shulchanai, he would hold on to the matzahs. While saying Hayisrael, he would hold on to the bottom matzah and let it go, then continue with Va'alav Halevi, then let the middle one go, and then conclude with the top matzah. Rabbi Afen. We never saw the Rebbe's kaira, the actual silver plate under the matzahs, but I do believe that the Rebbe had one under the cloth holding the matzahs. The cloth was folded four times so that it created a square pouch with three openings into which the Rebbe slipped the matzahs. Rabbi Wilhelm. The Rebbe would place the egg on the kaira without making a crack to stabilize it, but I do remember one year that the egg wouldn't remain in place and the Rebbe did crack it slightly in order for it to stay on the kaira. Rabbi Shmatkin. The Rebbe prepared the Mara and the Chazaris in the following manner. He would take a large leaf, shake the lettuce a few times, although it was already dried beforehand, remove the white at the bottom of it, then split the leaf in half. He would then cut it two times, which meant that now there were six pieces. Next, he would scoop the ground horseradish that was in a bowl on the table with a tablespoon three times and squeeze it in his hand. He would then remove the three top slices of lettuce and place the ball of horseradish on top of the leftover three and then recover it with the three pieces of lettuce that he had taken off. He would do the exact same process for the chazaras. Inside both of them, he would also place a piece of horseradish which he carved out from a full root of horseradish that was on the table, in addition to the three spoons of peeled and ground horseradish that were already there. The Rebbe was also makbid that the onion for karpas should be whole. One year a cut onion was prepared for the Rebbe, but the Rebbe chose a whole one instead. How would Kiddush start? Rabbi Harlig When the Rebbe would recite Kiddush, the Rebbetzin would stand at the door of the room where the ladies sat, with the door slightly open, and listen to the Rebbe's Kiddush, although it seemed impossible for her to hear it. Even we, standing right behind the Rebbe, could not hear what he was saying. Rabbi Shmatkin. For Haseba, the Rebbe would have a second chair next to him on the left with two pillows on top of it. After reciting Kiddush, the Rebbe would place the Becher on the table, seat himself, and lean in a good position on the pillows, real Haseba, and then he would pick up the Becher again together with its small plate and drink the first cup of wine. Rabbi Afin. As Rabbi Shmatkin said, the Rebbe would read all of the Alter Rebbe's instructions from the Haggadah. When it came time for Orchatz, he would also read the instructions for Karpas, because one is not supposed to make a hefsik after washing. The same would be by the Simanim of Matzah, Marar, and Kairach. Before washing his hands, the Rebbe would recite all of the instructions through Kairach. For washing, the Rebbe would go to the kitchen, and since we didn't want to lose our places, we weren't able to see exactly how the Rebbe washed his hands. Rabbi Shmatkin for Karpas, the Rebbe would carve out a small piece from the middle of the onion and dip it three times into salt water. Afterwards, the Rebbe would not return the onion to the Kaira, rather he would leave it on the side. Rabbi Afen The Rebbe would do yachatz, splitting the middle matzah, while the matzah was still in the Kaira. Afterwards, he would take out the larger piece and break it into five smaller pieces, placing them into a cloth which he would slip between the two pillows on the, on the chair next to him. Rabbi Shmatkin. 
Although the middle matzah was split inside the kaira with all the minim on it, the Rebbe did it so carefully and smoothly that everything stayed in its, in its exact place. And now we arrive at Magid. You mentioned before that Rabbi Yankel Katz was the Makri. What special on Haggis did you see by the Rebbe during this part of the Seder? Rabbi Shmatkin. After a child, which in the years that I was present, it was Rabbi Yankel Katz's son, finished saying Manashtana, the Rebbe would begin his Manashtana by saying the Yiddish preface, Tata Echvil by Dir Fragen, and it would take him quite a while to do so. It seemed to me, based on the amount of time it took, that the Rebbe was saying more than what is actually printed in the Agada. Rabbi Afen. During the Hisha Amda, the Rebbe would lift the Becher and everyone would say it together with the Makri in the regular tune of the Haggadah. They would not sing the Rebbe's Nigin. The Rebbe's Haggadah was printed in a different format in those days. In those Haggadahs, the text was printed along an entire page, and then on the next page or two were the Minhagim and explanations. During the Seder, we would see the Rebbe recite an entire page quickly, and then while waiting for the Makri to reach the end of the page, the Rebbe would peruse the explanations that he had written on the next page, as well as look into the Siddur HaArizal. When the Rebbe would look back into the Agada, Rebbe Yankel Katz would already be halfway through the next page. Then again, the Rebbe would read through the entire page and then go back to the Minhagim. Rabbi Shmutkin When reading the Ten Makais, the Rebbe was brought a chipped china bowl which was placed on the floor next to the Rebbe's chair, and the Rebbe would bend over slightly and pour into it. The Rebbe poured a sizable amount of wine into the bowl each time. After pouring, the Rebbe filled up his cup again from his bottle of wine, which was wrapped in a manila envelope and placed on the floor next to him. In general, the Rebbe filled the cup on his own, and no one would do it for him. One year, the Rebbe waited until everyone had filled up their cups, but one person had not filled up his becher all the way, so the Rebbe waited for him to fill it up entirely before continuing. After Magid comes Maitzi Matzah and Marar. What did the Rebbe do then? Rabbi Shmatkin. The Rebbe would eat the middle half matzah and half of the other matzah. It took a while for the Rebbe to eat it. The Rebbe was careful to pick up and eat even the small pieces that had broken off while eating the matzah. Another interesting thing we saw was that during Kairach, the Rebbe always made sure to eat every part of it as a sandwich. He always made sure that every piece of matzah be eaten with some mar in between the two pieces. Rabbi Zarki. One time, a bakr picked up a napkin that the Rebbe had used, but the Rebbe stopped him and said that it's a chashash chametz, perhaps because it had been on the floor. Rabbi Afen. The Rebbe's maro was a chaticha haroyu liskabid, a large portion, and it took a while for the Rebbe to eat it. We also often saw tears in the Rebbe's eyes while eating it. As a bakr, I always felt that the Rebbe's tears were a ruchnistika inyan. The Rebbe was feeling at the bitterness of the gulos. In the Haggadah, the Rebbe explains why the Mara is placed in the middle of the Kaira, although it seems to signify the Kavagvura, which belongs on the left. But the Rebbe explains that it is because the Mara brings a person to his Iris Rachamim, which belongs in the middle row. Surely when the Rebbe ate the Mara, it was Ma'ir Rachamim. Rabbi Shmatkin. For Mara, the Rebbe would portion off some Charaises from the Kaira with a knife and put it into the wine plate, where he would press it a bit to get it wet with wine. He would then dip the horseradish into it. 
and then place the horseradish back between the lettuce and eat it. When it came time for kairach, the Rebbe would put some of the dry charaisis from the kairach on the mara three times. This time he would not place it into the wine, and then he would shake off the mara. Later, after finishing all of the mitzvahs of matzah and mara, the Rebbe would take a piece of matzah and dip it three times into the salt on the table and eat some of it. Shulchan Ayrach. Does anything specific stand out? Rabbi Afin. After the Rebbe ate the egg during the soup course, a large silver bowl was brought out that had belonged to the Alter Rebbe, filled with soup. The Rebbe would put three spoonfuls of soup into his own bowl, and then everyone else would follow suit. Rabbi Shmatkin. The Rebbe would eat from the third matzah during the meal as well, and interestingly, it didn't seem like he was careful to finish the matzah entirely before eating other foods, fish, soup, etc. Rabbi Zarchi. One interesting anecdote I remember. One year, the cook in the kitchen said as a joke to the bachar serving that she prepared knedelach in the soup. They were made out of potatoes. When he served the bowl to the Rebbe, he said something about the knedelach, and the Rebbe didn't eat any of it. Even afterwards, once it was clarified that it was made of potatoes, the Rebbe still didn't touch it. Rabbi Wilhelm The Rebbe never initiated a conversation at the Seder table. If he was asked a question, he would respond in short, concise answers. The Rebbe would also never place his hands on the table. You were able to see that the Rebbe's Hanhaga was just as if the Friedrich Rebbe was there. The Derech Eretz that the Rebbe had not to do anything extra, as if the Friedrich Rebbe was sitting right there, was amazing to see. Rabbi Afin Nagunim were also rarely sung at the table. I remember just one time that Rabienko Katz mentioned this to the Rebbe, and the Rebbe replied, Nu, sing a nigan. Regarding the questions, they were mainly posed by the Rashag. Often the Bachim would give him questions to ask the Rebbe at the Yom Tov meals. Several times there were questions that the Rebbe addressed later during a Fabrengen. One example was a question regarding the four Lashinists of Gula. In the Torah, the order is Vahitsesi, Vaitsalti, Vigaalti, Vilkachti. However, in the Alter Rebbe Shulchan Aruch, he switches the order to Vahitsesi, Vigaalti, Vilkachti, Vahitsalti. When the Rashag asked the Rebbe about it, the Rebbe replied that he will speak about it at the Fabrengen. Rabbi Harlig. The Rebbe would eat matzah throughout the soda and he would also drink wine. However, he did not say Lachaim on the wine that he drank. He once explained that saying Lachaim would make the cup into an ichor and it would look as if we are being mysif on the four cups of wine required at the Seder. How long did the Sodah last? When did the Afikaiman start? Rabbi Shmatkin. I would always stand to the Rebbe's right. In the years that I was present, on both nights, the Rebbe would turn to me several times during the meal and ask for the time. Whenever that would happen, I would push my way through the crowd to the thermostat on the wall, which also had a clock, and return to tell the Rebbe the time. The year after I got married, I came running to the Seder as usual, hoping to get my usual place. But when I arrived at my place behind the Rebbe, I saw that the Rebbe had a small watch sitting next to him on the table. Rabbi Zarchi There was one time that the thermostat was broken, and when the Rebbe asked for the time, one of the Bachrim replied that it was 9 o'clock, when in fact it was close to midnight. The Rebbe gave a smile and looked at his own watch. Rabbi Harlig Something important to point out is that the Rebbe was makbed on both nights of Yom Tif to eat the Afikaiman before Chatzais. 
Once on the second night, it was so late that the Rebbe only ate a few bites at Shulchan Ayrach and moved straight on to Afikaiman. As a rule, the Rebbe would begin eating only after everyone was served, and he would eat slowly, because as soon as the Rebbe would put his fork down, everyone else would stop eating as well, and the course would be over. So in this instance, when the Rebbe put down his fork, the waiters immediately began clearing the plates. An elderly yid at the table, known for his unique and interesting character, seeing his dinner disappear, took pieces of chicken and began slipping them into his pocket. Everyone around the table began to laugh, but the Rebbe turned to them with a serious look and said, Vos artir as a yid why does it bother you that a yid will have so das yamtif? Now we are getting towards the end of the Seder. What was the custom with Kaisal Eliyahu? Rabbi Afen. When it came time to pour the third cup, the Rebbe would give his becher and plate, which had some leftover charisis on it, to the waiter for rinsing. A clean cup was brought back, and the Rebbe wiped it once more with a napkin, just as he would at Farbengen's. Rabbi Shmatkin. Before the Rebbe poured out the third kais, he would pour kaishel Eliyahu. The Rebbe would use a simple glass cup, a standard 8-ounce water glass, placed on a plate, filled it up to the top, and then pushed it towards the middle of the table. Rabbi Afin. At the Friedrich Rebbe Seder, on some occasions kaishel Eliyahu was poured after Birka Samazim, and sometimes it was filled before. The Rebbe once said he does not know the Friedrich Rebbe's reason as to why he poured it after benching, so he pours it beforehand. Additionally, the Rebbe explained, it is befitting to fill it up before. I focus much on the Geula, the Rebbe said. Better to fill up Elio's cup sooner. Rabbi Shmatkin. For the recital of Shveich Hamasta, one of the Bachrim went to open the main doors to 770, and the Rebbe waited until all the doors leading from the dining room to the front entrance were open. Once the Rebbe requested from Rabbi Enkel Katz the Makri that he recite Shveich Hamasta with a Shtorim. Rabbi Harlig. Even though the kaira is not really needed by the table after Shulchan Arach, the Rebbe's kaira would remain on the table all the way through until the end of the Seder. We often hear about the special way the Rebbe recited Halal and the rest of the Haggadah until the end. Would you be able to share with us some of your memories about it? Rabbi Shmatkin From Shveich HaMasra and on, the atmosphere at the Seder changed completely. Everyone listened intently as the Rebbe would recite the rest of the Haggadah and it was evident that he was in a different world. Rabbi Zarchi For a Bakr in those years, this part of the Seder was one of the highlights of the year with the Rebbe, similar to Tzikiyas. This was when we got to see a Rebbe Shan Haga, the way the Rebbe would say Halo and Nishmas Kolchai, often crying, is indescribable. The Rebbe was transported and brought us along to an entirely higher realm. The Rebbe said each part word by word, once, the Rebbe repeated Kilelam Chazdai three times in a row and instructed everyone to say it after him. The Rebbe was very serious and was crying and shaking. The next morning we found out that the MIGs of the Syrian Air Force were shot down over Eretz Yisrael. This was the only time during the year that we were able to hear the Rebbe daven out loud. Usually the Rebbe daven quietly. But here, we were able to see the Rebbe say the words with great Tveikus and Erenskite. Rabbi Yisrael Friedman recalls that he was once standing at the Seder on the other side of the table opposite the Rebbe, and when the Rebbe recited the words, Sabuni Kedvarim, the Rebbe was crying so much to the point that a teardrop flew across the table and touched him where he was standing. Rabbi Shmatkin. 
the Rebbe would often be saying the words with his eyes closed. At times, the Rebbe would be saying the words from four or five lines down the following page before actually turning it over. There were years that the Makri, Rebbe Yankel Katz, would finish reciting the entire Haggadah already, and the Rebbe was only up to Nishmas. At that point, the Rebbe would sometimes finish quickly, but other times he would continue in his regular pace, slowly saying all the words until the end. Through the years, during Hallel I noticed the Rebbe's histrogshus and tears more by the psukim of praise and thanks than in the parts of the Bakashas. Rabbi Afen The Rebbe would recite Hallel in a stirring tune, while holding on to the arms of his chair and lightly shuckling back and forth, similar to the way he looked at Farbringens when the Alter Rebbe's niggin was sung. It is impossible for me to describe the dvekas that we saw by the Rebbe during those minutes. Rabbi Zarchi in Tavshin Chavtes, on the first night after Lashana Haba Yerushalayim, the Rebbe requested that the Nigin Prazais Teshev Yerushalayim be sung, and he strongly encouraged the singing with both hands for a few minutes. Afterwards, when the Rebbe returned home, the Bachram accompanied him, and while already standing at the door of his house, the Rebbe stood outside for five minutes encouraging the singing. It was Pashat Meredek. Wow! Would the Rebbe usually leave immediately after Lashana Haba Yerushalayim? Rabbi Wilhelm. At the end of the Haggadah, the Rebbe would pour the wine from Kaishal Eliyahu back into the bottle. Standing in his place, the Rebbe would do so in a very unique fashion. He would pour from the Kaishal Eliyahu to his Becher, then to the bottle, and from the bottle back into the Becher, back and forth for a significant period of time, each time in a different way. All the while, we would sing Keliata as his customary. No one I know ever managed to remember the exact order in which the Rebbe did it and it seemed to be a very Ruchnistika Indian. At the end of the Seder, the Rebbe would take his Becher, place a napkin on top of it, and on top of the napkin he would put the small plate, and that's how he would walk out. Rabbi Afin One time, when the Rebbe walked out of 770 after the post-Seder Farbringen, he walked towards Kingston, which he usually would walk on Eastern Parkway towards Brooklyn on his way home. We followed from a distance, not understanding why the Rebbe was going this route. And then suddenly we saw that on Union Street, the Rebbetson was standing at the corner, waiting for the Rebbe to walk home. On the second night of Yom Tif, the Rebbe would farbring after the Seder. What would happen during those farbringens? Rabbi Harlig About 15 or 20 minutes after the end of the Seder, the Rebbe would come down to the Zal carrying his Agadah. During the Farbringen, he would open the Haggadah and explain different parts of it. Being that it was after the Afikaiman, we couldn't say Ochaim, and the Farbringen consisted of simply Nigunim and Sechas. Sometimes the Rebbe would speak with his eyes closed, and he even once said that this is because so many people in the crowd were tired, yawning, and falling asleep. Rabbi Zarchi The Farbringen was after the Seder. In later years, the time was officially set to 1.30 a.m. Since the crowd was small, the Rebbe continued to hold this farbringen in the small zal, even after the new shul was built. In Tafshin Chavav, all of the Rebbe's sechas throughout the farbringen were questions on the Haggadah, and at the end, in one secha, the Rebbe answered all of those questions. Rabbi Harlig Usually, the Rebbe would leave the Seder and come down to his room with the Haggadah, Becher, and Matzais, and place them on, the, on his desk and close the door. On the first night in Tafshin Yud Dalid, the Rebbe left the door open and came back out, leaned on the doorpost, 
and held a whole farbringen while standing in Gan Eden HaTachtayim. The Rebbe said a number of sechais, and there were Nagunim. At the end, the Rebbe said that we should go dance with the Rosh Yeshiva of Temchit Mimim, meaning Rabbi Mentlik, Rabbi Zarchi. Another year that stands out in my mind is Tafshin Lamed Beis, which was Shnas Hashivim. At that point, the Rebbe held his Seder at home and no longer held the post-Seder Farbrengen. That year, the Rebbe Farbrengen every day of Yom Tif. Even on Shvi Shal Pesach, the Rebbe Farbrengen before Taulucha. On the first day of Yom Tif, during the Farbrengen, which took place at 3.30 in the afternoon, the Rebbe called up all the children who had just left Russia and had them say the Manish Tana on the Bima. When they recited the preface, Tata Echvo by Der Fregen, we noticed a smile on the Rebbe's face. At the end of the Farbrengen, the Rebbe began encouraging the singing very strongly and eventually stood up and danced in his place with all of the Russian chassidim standing and dancing close by him. We thank you all for your time and for recounting these precious memories. In the spirit of Pesach, celebrating Geulah's Mitzrayim, we pray that speedily we will have the final and ultimate Geulah and celebrate the Seder this year with the Rebbe.